Right. Do a 2013 intro. Do a 2013 intro. Hey guys, yeah. I'm Anthony the Mackham. This is the <laughs> Mackham Football Show. I, I can't keep that up. Like and subscribe for more. Uh, <laughs> I'll stop that now. Um, welcome to the return of the Mackham Football Show. Today we have, as you can see, the profile icons if you're watching on YouTube. Paul. Oh, Brad's just joined as well. Paul, Brad hey, from RWA. All right, and Jacob's here too. Wow, Yo. The, the timing on that was impeccable, Brad. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was outside the stadium of light. Was it last week or the week before now? I think it was the week uh, before. And before. yeah, we'd, we'd just come off the back of a 1-1 draw against Luton Town. So I will start the, the, the show talking about that game. Then we'll talk about the Burnley game, and then we will flow into what's up and coming for the rest of the season. So, <laughs> how good is your memory? How good is your memory for that Luton game, boys? Can can you remember who scored? How we scored it? Ahmed Diallo got the uh, got a penalty, scored for us. The gift of a goal. Yeah. Yeah. So is is Luton Town? Is that point a good point or a bad point? I'd say it's a good point because of where Luton are at the minute. Um, they've been doing well and we've not expected Luton to be this where they are this season. I've, I thought they'd be around where we are, but, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A bit like, I'd say a bit like the Burnley point, really. It's a, I'd say it's a good point. I'd say it's a really good point and... The main reason I'm saying it's a really good point is because they've beat everybody else they've come up against in the recent weeks. Um, the last time they drew was in February, and that was 2-2 against Millwall. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a hard team to get points against, and the fact that we're picked up, picking up points against Luton, even though it was an absolute gift, the referee, thank you very much for that, by the way. Mackham's... Uh, jubilating happy celebrations for that penalty it's the first one this entire season that i think the referees got wrong but it's went our way <laughs> that but, was actually the uh afl absolutely one referee as well oh <laughs> uh, it's 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 too it, you just can't write it sometimes we've been complaining pretty much every single week week in week out how poor referees decisions are and how much they're costing and impacting games and it feels weird when you're on the receiving end of it doesn't it oh, yeah, yeah it, it does okay. yeah. I, was, I was just i just <laughs> i don't know why i just remembered the second goal for sheffield united that was offside right did we talk about yeah. that last week it was off um by i think it was tommy doyle and obviously um Sander Burge was offside. Yeah, there was two Sheffield players offside who went to play the ball and the keeper was going to react to one of those touching the ball, which would have meant they were both offside. But none of them touch it and it goes into the back of the net. Do you think if that was a VAR review, it would have been it would have stood because they didn't touch the ball? Hundred percent no, it wouldn't have. That depends who the third official the the VAR official is to me, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's, in, it's interesting though, Anz, because um, after the game, the actual referee actually said that wasn't even a goal for them. And um, I know we hate him, but uh, uh, yeah. a, a referee... Admitting um, a mistake. Yeah, and even, even another referee actually phoned up Tony Mowbray the following day and actually apologised actually for that goal. Do you think that's why we got the the penalty decision? Do you think that had a factor into it? Maybe. Mm. Could have been. Could have been. Sorry, my my dog has just farted and it's awful. Oh my gosh! <laughs> she sat yeah. right underneath me as well, so it's wafted straight up. It's disgusting. That's silent but deadly. <laughs> Open a window and your, your eyes are stinging. They, they actually are. It's that bad. Um, anyways, that aside, the 1-1 draw. 
Do you think Luton were the better team in this one? Paul? Uh, slightly, maybe slightly in the first half, but I think we were a bit better in the second. I think it were. See, if you're looking at purely the stats for that game, right? Um, we were more dominant than they were. Obviously, being the home team does help, but I don't know. I, I kind of felt like their sh their chances were more, more. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? More thought, like more thoughtful and more um, purposeful. Clinical. Clinical is a good term. <laughs> Clinical is a good term. Brad, what, what do you think, mate? Um, for the one-one draw against Luton, was that? Did you say sorry? Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I thought we played quite well. Second half, what um, Yorkshire said, um, in the first half we couldn't get going, but um, when we come out in the second half, um, thought we played quite well. To be honest, um, Lyndon Gooch came on. Um, I think it was mm -hmm. I can't remember. Was it the seventy-fifth minute, Paul, when we were talking on our podcast? Yeah, I think I think it was, uh, Brad. Uh, yeah, so they, he made the quadruple substitution, didn't he? Pritchard, Equa, Bennett and Gooch came on. Yes, he made the four subs, yeah. And then um, I thought the subs actually worked for that game. Definitely. Cause, um, they absolutely did, mate, yeah, because we were 1-0 behind from that uh, dirty effort at that, at that stage and we needed to change it up, otherwise it would have fizzled out, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. <laughs> do, you yeah to, do you want to finish your point? Is, it, it's just odd because never, all the time we've played Luton as well, it's always been 1-1. One, one. Yeah, it's just when we played them in League 1 in our first season, 18-19, we drew both home and away. And this season we both drew, drew home and away. It's just yeah, a bit weird. Should, should, generally, we should, overall in general, we should be beating Luton. But, you know, it's, football is just one of them things, isn't it? Well, you, you say that, but our last four games against them, yes, have been 1-1 one, one draws. But it, the last time we played them was around the table as well, though. So if, if Luton pick up a draw, that means we are closer to them for that uh, playoff spot. They'd be one point higher up. They'd be on 68 now when we'd be one point higher up on 55, which doesn't really do much if it's that win-loss um, mentality. I don't know. It, it just feels a bit uh, balanced at the minute against us um, and, and them. And I kind of see that as a positive considering how high up the table they are. Agree? Disagree? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we we have had a couple of rough fixtures over the last couple of weeks, right? What was it? Sheffield United, um, Burnley, Luton. Um, who else has been up in the top half of the table that we've been? Norwich. Norwich. Oh yeah, Nor Norwich. Were you surprised by that Norwich win? <laughs> I was. Yes, hundred percent. I was very surprised, to be honest. It just felt like a little bit out of the blue. Um, nobody really had that pegged down, right? Well, saying that, nobody, I don't think many people had Sunderland picking up a point against Burnley as well, except for Jacob. I know you did. You said a 1-1 draw. No, I think I... Wait. I said, yeah, I said 1-1, one, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember, you, I remember you saying about there being goals apiece. Um, so, yeah, that, that, nicely, that nicely moves us on to the Burnley game itself. Nil nil was a fair result. Do you do you think? To be honest, I would I would have took that uh, way before kickoff fans. To be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying like what would you have accepted before the game because I think anything against the team that's at top top of the league is is a gift. But throughout the game, we had some chances that. Well, he actually put the ball in the back of the net, and it was disallowed, obviously, offside. But this we game... were the better team, to be honest, in that game against Burnley. I totally agree. I actually agree on that one as well. We were the better side. I think we 
we were unlucky not to take away all three points. I think it would have been a snatch and grab because what was it? The crossbar, the the post. I can't remember. Um, but Diallo hits the post, oh, doesn't he? Diallo. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, the post because it came through Pritchard and Robert said he flicked it through to Diallo and he hit the crossbar. So it's those kind of moments where I think that will be the difference between uh, this season and next and our chances of finishing higher in the league table. A dedicated striker who can put the ball in the back of the net and bury those chances or get multiple chances in a game. Against a side like Burnley, though, I, I do think it would have been it would have been an absolute gift horse if we took away three points from that. Um, but, you know what that game actually reminded me of, Lawrence. We actually played them, I think it was in the Carabao Cup. We yeah. were in the Premier League. We were the only team to actually score against them. Really? Do you not remember in, in the Cup? What was the score? We, we, had, we had Jack. Jack Ross was with us. Um... Oh, no, mate. I, I put Jack Rossi out of my mind completely. I think I know what you're on about, Paul. Dobson, I think it was Dobson Greg. Um, I'm trying to think of as Dobson, Greg, Flanagan. Was Joe Lynch in that team? Joe Lynch? Yeah, I think he was. What was this, the Cup? Yeah. The Cup. Yeah, I think yeah, it was, yeah, it was the Cup. Bill Parkinson, what manager? We beat them at their ground. Were it three one or two one? Yeah, three one. Three one. I've got the. Three I've got one, the. Yeah. yeah, I've got the goals up here. <laughs> Rodriguez for them in the eleventh minute. Will Grigg, probably his only goal. <laughs> Sunderland. Uh, yeah, like I said, I've put that era out of my head now. Uh, Flanagan and Dobson, and those two Sunderland goals just after half time. And Dobson, Jesus Christ. Charlie White and Max Power in Sunderland colours at that, that stage. The <laughs> yeah, the word. <laughs> George Dobson, though, guys. George fucking Dobson. He was shit. Well, he scored against Burnley, apparently, so... <laughs> uh... Can't be that bad. He's still playing, by the way. He's 25 and he's at Charlton now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I don't know. He's doing all right. He's not, he's not bagging it's the what... goals, though, but... Mm. I mean, there was worse players than him. Like, I think Conor McLaughlin, he wasn't that great, was he? I think, I he think... were a right back. He oh, were a right back. That's when, had, that's when we had two of them, didn't we? We had um, the keeper as well. Both McLaughlin. Two McLaughlins, yeah. John and... John. Yeah. It's weird, that. A good evening, Acacia. Welcome. Evening, Paul. Paul. Uh, the Hello, match... Acacia. The match I went to on Friday at Burnley was fantastic. So I was getting drunk when that game was happening. <laughs> um, and yeah, by the, about the 75th minute, I was just very loud at the referee, shall we say. Um, so I'm kind of glad that it was a nil-nil and um, other Sunderland YouTubers covered it. You s who, who covered the game from a Sunderland fan point of view on YouTube? Who did the watch-alongs? I know. Jake, I watched it. Terry's. Actually. It was only Terry, I think. Just, just the mad mistakes on there. So, um, we'll hopefully rectify that this <laughs> this weekend on Friday. Um, with oh, it's a five thirty kickoff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's a Friday as well. Eh? On Sky. Yeah. I oh, uh, why does it have to be on Sky? Right, so Hulls picked up three points from the last four games, three of them being draws. Um, a nil-nil against Rotherham, a 1-1 against Reading, they lost 3-1 to Burnley, and a 1-1 against Cov. Are you concerned about them? Mm, not really, but still won't um, underestimate them. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so we just... just bottle it, don't we? Oh yeah, we can absolutely we can bottle any game. That's that's the Sunland way. Uh, anything on paper where we should win, we end up losing, and anything we shouldn't get anything from, we end up doing it. Case in point: Burnley, Luton, <laughs> Norwich. Acacia <laughs> um, has quickly asked, "How's my crazy best mate?" I'm not sure who that's pointed to. <laughs> yeah, I'm alright, Acacia. Yourself? <laughs> there we go. Good. Um, 
so yeah, we'll we'll wrap up against Burnley, then we'll look at the prediction for Hull, and and we'll go we'll go back and forth. Sorry, I've been a little bit all over the place. It has been a couple of weeks since I've done one of these. Um, so nil nil Burnley. Can you pick out your man in the match? Uh, we'll go from uh, right to left. So Jacob, Brad, then Paul. Who's your man in the match for the Burnley game? I'm gonna go with. Maybe Patrick um, Anthony Patterson. The keeper? I don't think yeah. he was... Was he called into action that much? No. I think he made a few good saves, but... You think... Are you giving it to Patterson? What's the reason you're giving it to Patterson, mate? Obviously, a clean sheet against that kind of team is great, but I, I can't remember him making, like, more than two saves. I don't know. I just... Well, he sort of still kept it in the game, you know, he didn't blunk up at any point, but yeah, he won't really, uh, you know, didn't really do much, but not in a bad way, not doing much, so. Okay, he is one of the highest rated players for our team, Um, the third highest rated um, on stats, so distribution, saves, all of that, so that's good. Um, Brad, who are you seeing as your man of the match? For me, on Friday night, I would give it to Lyndon Gooch. You, you've gone a bit quiet there, mate. You moved away from your mic. Can you hear us now? Yeah, m- much better, much better, yeah. No worries. Um, on Friday night, I would have given it to Lyndon Gooch on Friday. I thought he put in an ex- excellent performance on Friday. You stole my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I thought none of you would have said him. Um, he's, he's a bit of a dark horse in that game, right? He was. You you can see why he used to why we signed him in, when we were in the Premier League, right? It, it it did look ready for it. Um, yeah, I I agree. I, I agree. That's a really good show, Brad Paul. Who are you saying? I'm going to say something completely different to you. So I'm going to say Danny Bath. Okay, he had the he literally had the worst rating for Sunderland, by the way, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had a six point four rating on that game. What? Uh, that's pr- no, actually, he had the second worst. Bar who came on as a sub had a five point nine. But um, yeah, what what makes you say Baff? Baff. For me, I don't know. I just think you know, like if Burnley actually, you know, if if Burnley actually took their chances, because they did have a couple of chances, but if they took them, yeah, I actually think Daddy Bath actually would have probably kept them out. Okay, I like that. I like that. So I was going to say Gooch, but I want to be different, just 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 for devil's advocate rules here, really, uh, and I want to throw Dan Neal's name into the mix. Dan Neal for me in that game. Just commanded it. Um, I don't. He's he's a very hit and miss player, right? So he either plays games like that against Burnley, where he's on fire, he, he he does everything right, or he gives the ball away and we concede four or five goals. I stoke. So I think he's redeemed himself in that match. Picked up as picked up as a point from that previous rough couple of weeks. So I understand why. Um, Tony Morbris put him in the squad as well. Um, if he's performing like he did against Burnley in the training pitch, it makes complete sense to keep keep it going. Um, here's another question, and it's a little bit loaded, so bear that in mind. Gelhart, immediate reactions, immediate thoughts. Go, <laughs> Paul, you first. Uh... <laughs> Putting you on the spot there. You are. <laughs> uh, do you want me to go first and then you can come pause? Yeah, you, you yeah. go first. I don't sure. know what to say. <laughs> so, um, Gelhart for me has the potential to come into his own at our club. 
Uh, I think the loan spell is a little too short. I, If the option was to continue his loan into next season, I would take it. If it's to, we could only have him if we purchase him from Leeds, I, I'd send him back. Um, it, it, he's, I think he's gaining confidence with, with every game he's playing. Um, he just needs to be fed the ball and to stay in the attacking positions. His weakness for me is he drops back too much. And when he eventually does get into the box with a ball, it's he's he's absolutely knocky because he's he's covering back too often. So I think he's how do I put it? He's his own worst enemy at the minute. He just needs to stay forward, play as a striker, play like Stewart or Sims would be, hovering around the 18-yard box. Hover offside a couple of times, I don't care, as long as you're in that area. When I'm seeing him in areas that Pritchard or Equa should be in, that's that for me is um, where he needs to just level up his um, mental game. Because physically, I think he's got the skill. It's just, yeah, that, that extra, extra thing. So... That's my initial thoughts on on Gelhard. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I actually feel sorry for Gelhard. Okay. Because um, Gelhard actually was was uh, well, actually he came in to actually play up uh, against Ross Stewart. Yeah, as a as a as a second partner to him, yeah, like a Quinn and Phillips kind of situation. Yeah, so basically that that's why I feel sorry for him. You know, you know, Gail Hart actually wasn't, you know, he wasn't brought in really to play up front by himself. Okay, so I'm going to use a weird mm. analogy, but it's like throwing the kid into the deep end of the swimming pool, and he's just about surviving and paddling away. <laughs> it's a yeah. Strange analogy, but he's doing the job, but he's not doing it effectively. He's not like doing lengths and. Analogy over. <laughs> Brad, what's your thoughts on Gilhart, mate? For me, I thought he came in because we were talking about it on our podcast last night, weren't we, Paul Gilhart? Um, and quite a few people were saying it was a panic um, panic loan. And um, I actually okay. have to agree with to be honest. Okay. So... Because... Uh... Go on. Oh. Go on, what were you going to say? So I'm just, just, just panic, panic loans. I think we were desperate for strikers in any ways, and there was rumours around looking at four or five. What makes him a panic loan? Um, because in 35 appearances, I think in for Leeds, I think he only scored two goals from them. Um, there was better strikers out there to come in. To be honest, we should have mm-hmm. brought a bit of striker in. I'm sorry for um saying this, but I don't think I don't think Gelhart's a bad player. Don't get me wrong, he's not a bad player whatsoever. But there's better. There's better out there. There's I agree, there's absolutely better strikers out there. However, have we got the pulling power? And I think we're we're very tight on our purse strings at the minute and we need players who fit in with the project and the the development of players and becoming that academy that first team academy for the Premier League, I guess. It it makes sense. Yeah, I so I get what you mean. Yeah. So, so get being a Leeds player who's not getting game time in the Prem wants to prove himself at the next level that's pretty much direct and get game time. We were guaranteeing that with him. Can you think of any other player that is in that same situation? That is at an academy like Leeds, Liverpool, Chelsea, whatever, would come to Sunderland. I I can't think of anybody on the top of my head. Obviously, there's better strikers out there that are in the market, but they're expensive. Right? Do you, do you disagree or? I agree. I actually agree on that. To be honest, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just putting that. What. You've got to. I think you've got to literally put yourself in Speakman's shoes sometimes and just go. I'm going to use another weird analogy here. It's like running in the chippy, asking for fish and chips, and they go, "We haven't got any fish." Oh, can I have sausage and chips? Oh, we haven't got any sausage. What have you got then? <laughs> We've got 
we've got fish cakes. All right, that'll do. We've got we've got two hours and we've got to feed the kids. Give me the fish cakes. That's what Gellard is. <laughs> he's the fish cakes. He's the third choice. He's the he's the last option, but he's still something. Um, what a weird analogy, but <laughs> that's what pops to my head. But uh, Jacob, what's your what's your say on Gellard? Um, I feel sorry for him because seeing not few videos when we bought him, I saw videos of him and he, him scoring goals at Leeds, and he did seem like a good player and. I remember a few months ago when we were watching one of the games, I think it was the Rotherham game, actually, mm-hmm. Rotherham away. I think DJ said, how long will you give him? Like, until which month? Until we say he's not good enough. I think something like that DJ said. And I think you said April. And I think I said around the same time. And mm-hmm. still not, you know, scored a lot. He scored, and, one, he scored one goal for us, right? That's it. Yeah, it's not... I think it's another Will Grigg, really, and it's and it's disappointing to say that because we all thought he might be well, the wonders. Well, to be fair, mate, he's more like a Defoe too. Um, the Defoe's return rather than his initial Defoe era. Yeah, but I, I do think he has got a lot of promise and a lot of potential. It's just, is it right right now? Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of options we can look at recruitment wise, but. That's what we've got to do at the end of the season in seven games time. We don't we just have to put up with it for the, <laughs> the next seven games and then see what happens in in the summer. Uh, I'm going to quickly call out the last three comments, which I uh, may have may have missed or um, are not related to what we've talked about. So pick up on them now. Uh, Acacia says she's really nervous for the game against Hull on Friday. What is your prediction for that? And I've got yours, Jacob, and yours, Brad. You're saying a 2-1 win against Hull and a 3-1 win against Hull. Paul, what are you saying? And then I'll let the, the lads uh, explain why they think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're at home. Right, we're at home. We're on telly again. I think that's the 14th time this season. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I'm going to go 2 1 Sunderland. I find that really interesting. Um, I'll, I'll explain why in a sec. What makes you think 2 1? I, I just yeah. think, um, you, you know, with it, well, the players play like they did on Friday. Mm hmm. Uh, and you know, fair enough. The players saw the fans today. Uh, Same with light. Uh, I just think the players will want to, you know, try and try and uh, try and try and win a game at home. Really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, I think we need to be beaten, beaten Hull. Uh, quick little update, by the way. Obviously, there's a Premier League game happening. Everton are now losing one nil to Tottenham and are down a man. Uh, Dukura has been sent off and Harry Kane has scored a penalty, which is a 10-minute gap between that um, red card and the penalty. So I don't know if the person's down injured for that long or if it's a separate incident. But yeah, down to 10 men, penalty conceded. Everton's hopes of staying in the Prem are dwindling by the, by the game. Um, yeah, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> Why why do you say free one? Again, what Paul said, we're at home. Um and obviously we need to be on the front foot when we're at home. Um because mm-hmm. obviously the last couple of games at home we haven't been on the front foot in the first half. And yep. we need to try and get on the front foot. Um I don't know if you totally agree, obviously. Um No, no I absolutely well, agree that we need to be on the front foot from minute one. That our problem is we don't really turn up. For what's it called? Like up until we're either a goal behind and in halfway into the second half, it seems to be when the substitutions also, happen that our game changes. Yeah, and also the reason why I said three one against Hull for because um, the last five times we've played Hull, we've drew the one one um, on the seventeenth of December. Okay. Um, then in the club fang- club family twenty twenty one we won them two one um, at home. Um. Then we drew them 2-2. Then after that, then we won them 2-1. 
and then in the AFL Cup with um, Drew Nil Nil and lost five four on penalties. Then one three one the time before that. So possibly um, following the pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll win. They they've had a very similar journey over the last couple of years as ho- as us. Mm-hmm. They came up last year rather than this, this season, and they survived. I guess that's the that's their saving grace for their first season back in the championship. But I just no. Did they come up with us? No, 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 no they, that was Wigan and Rotherham. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, they came up the season before, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They came up with um. They came up with um. What do you call them? Oh. Peterborough. Yeah, Peterborough. And, um, and then, trying to think who else Blackpool. came up with them. Blackpool, Blackpool yeah. Yeah, they came up with them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because that was the season we lost to Lincoln in the semi-playoff. You know, the semi-finals mm-hmm. we lost to Lincoln. Was yeah. that under Lee Johnson? I think. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, That's an interesting <gasps> one. Yeah. And and finally, Jacob, mate, what's what's making you say two one? Originally, I was going for a three 0 victory, but then I think two one. I don't think it's as easy as you think, Hull City. So no, and they're quite they're not a right team, but yeah, I don't I don't think it'd be like a comfortable win. I'm going yeah, going for a two one win. So yeah, I, I don't I, think we'll run through. I'm going to be a little bit more cocky than all of you, and I'm, I reckon we're going to keep a clean sheet. Now, my issue is, are we going to score or not? Um, I think we might score a couple of goals from the midfield, or if we all of a sudden change our play style and, and feed um, <laughs> feed Gelhart with the service he needs. But the only reason they scored against us last time uh, was while I was on the way back from Australia. <laughs> um Embleton got a red card and we still looked better than them when we had that when we were down to 10 men we scored a couple of minutes even after going down to 10 men they just got that um, two fan goal didn't they so I, I'm... Was, wasn't that oh sorry sorry. No, no 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 I'm just trying to wrap up a, uh, the point around like Hull and have had a very turbulent season and I think they're pretty much settled in to finishing in the bottom half, I, I think they're safe. They're, they're well clear of the relegation zone, so they've got nothing really to fight for other than pride. We have a very, very, very slim chance of climbing to the playoffs. So I think we've got that that little bit of edge to us, especially being at home. So I'm going to say a two 0 home win. And Brad, now 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 you can finish your point. <laughs> Sorry. Wasn't that when Embleton got a red call? Didn't he got didn't he get stretched off? Yeah, they got sent off while he was on the stretcher because the referee were a pillar. The 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 it thing. Was. You, no, you are. You absolutely was. Jacob's right there. I I think we would have appealed it, which is a costly process, by the way. I think it costs like five hundred quid to appeal a red card, but he's injured, so they just left it. I don't think it was a red card. Yeah. 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 I think Hull have got to be. Very fortunate with the match officials. And the fact that the game's on Sky, I don't think the match officials are just going to be throwing around stupid card decisions. That should be... I think they'll be more reserved on giving yellows or reds or anything like that, unless it's absolutely blatant. I think it's going to be a card-free... Well, a relatively card-free experience. So... You just won't like who the ref is on Friday. I've just seen who it is. Go Darren on. Bond. It's Keith Stroud. Which one? Which ref is that? Keith Stroud. It's Keith. It's Keith, Keith Stroud. Is Keith Stroud, mate? Oh, that's a bad record under Keith Stroud, unfortunately. Is that the referee against Stoke? No, it was a Darren Bond. Oh, who no. was the ref? No, no, he's the ref at the Coventry game, isn't he? Coventry away. I'm just, I'm just trying Keith to find Stroud his record. Is, um... Yes, our last game against Keith Stroke was on the 14th of January against Swansea. 
And we're all three oh. one. Well, oh, yeah. The he was the one that sent Blue Gore 9 off. Yeah, yeah, but that was a blue Oh, yeah, and he did That was. Yeah, but Swansea players did something to him, didn't they? they want, didn't want it. Swansea players get away with something. Yeah, oh, yeah, he put, his, they... put his hands on his neck. Blue Gore 9 oh, yeah, but... That's the ref. <laughs> yeah, but if a Sunderland player did that, oh, no, it's a fucking problem. But if another team does it, no, it's fine. I'm to be fair, everybody he referees, like he, if, he generally referees games, and I think the most, the best, the team that likes him the most is Brentford. That's... Can he go to the Premier League then? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm lying there. The team that loves him the most is Bournemouth. They've played 13 games under him and won 12. He does not. He's somebody likes him. <laughs> Bloody hell. Someone's his best friend. Oh. Uh, that's mental, though. That's really bizarre. Um, yeah. It's an interesting... Referee stats are weird to look at, because I don't think the referees should have that much of an impact on games, but clearly they do. Um, did I say what my prediction was? I can't remember. That's you said um, 2-0. 2-0. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we've done, we've done Sunderland quite a bit now. Um, I just want to quickly talk about, because obviously between the last football show and this one, there's been some international international games, and um, I didn't catch either of them live. Uh, I know you have, Jacob. How about you and Paul? Brad, Paul. Did you catch the England games? I actually watched them both live, actually. Good. We watched the Ukraine game and the other one against them. Um, Italy. It? Italy. Italy. Yes. Italy. So, uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk quickly about the England-Italy game first, because that, um, that was on Thursday the 23rd. Um, so, I've only really watched the highlights, so... I'll let you guys give off what you what you perceived of the game and um, Gareth Southgate as a the man in charge at England. <laughs> I, I'm purposely questioning uh, answer. Well, putting the question that way because Jacob has a strong opinion on that, don't you, Jacob? Yeah, and I know everyone will probably disagree with me, but that's fine. Cool. Go on then. What's your thoughts? <laughs> it's just. It's just too proactive, and it, some of his subs—not just this Italy game, like Italy in the Euros when he just brought Saka on for to take a penalty—and he's and that's it. I've heard people weren't happy with his substitution. His subs against France, you know, when we played France, like just seems to be a running theme. I'm on holiday pretty much all the time when England are playing. <laughs> <laughs> um... That's a good. That's good. You're doing the right thing, Am. Yeah. I mean, I, I just can't see us winning a trophy under him. It's just not going to happen. I'd like to hit. I'd like him to prove me wrong, but I just personally don't see us winning the Euros with him. Okay. There's way better teams than us. So on the Italy game itself, though, mate, what what were your thoughts around that? I think the first half we were. We were better then, but second half we were just fucking dire. We were, we were not actually no, not dire. We we weren't great, to be fair. And Italy could have easily have got got back in the game, got an equaliser. What you saying? To, what what you saying to the Luke Shaw red card? I think the referee were a bit biased. I think in that game, I think. You know, every time an Italy player went down, he blew his whistle. But when it were England, it didn't. It, it there were times where he did blow his whistle, but not a lot. So, do you think so, the referee had the Sunland effect on the England team? Yes, I think he did actually. I think it happens with England as well. <laughs> I just... uh, cool. Right, Brad. Yeah. Brad, what's what's your thoughts, mate? For me, man, um, apparently England hasn't beaten Eng- Italy away since 1961. 
So that's about that's momentous. Yes. Two years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but we haven't played them <laughs> so, that many times away, so. Well, so. no, 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 happened to be honest. Um, but overall, um, we had fifty. They have fifty-seven point nine percent possession. We have forty-two point one. Ten shots we had, seven shots we had. One shot on target we had, four shots we had. Seven were, corners, one. They were all pretty much in the three. first half, though, weren't they? We, we, I don't think, like Jacob said, I don't think we had, did anything in the second half in that game. No, I think we played well for about ten minutes in the second half, and after that we just went to, I don't know. Defend what we've got, mode. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Paul, what what were you saying, mate? Yeah, I actually think the same thing as he is. Because to be honest, do you, do you actually think um, England are actually playing like Sunderland does? No, not at all, mate. That's that that's it. You know, like Sunderland play better second half, but like you know, like, do you actually think England are actually? Yeah, <laughs> I, I can, I can, I can get the similarities between Sunderland and England in that we yeah. play good football uh, most of the time, but when it really matters, we crumble. We're good at football. bottling things. We're both uh, good at bottling up. And we're very good at blaming the match officials for clear and obvious stupid decisions. Like we're the only team to ever witness that. We're we're, def- we're definitely not the only team who gets crap decisions given against us. Um, that's that's the nature of a people-based sport, right? You can't, you can't, we're not robots, so we're not 100% perfect on every decision, and it's up to interpretation. Um, so that's where I think the similarities start and end with, with Sunderland and England. I think England have, well, it's kind of, kind of obvious, they have the, the much better quality team, much better quality players, Um I do think they're just more organised and, and more professional and beating Italy away from home for me is huge. It's a it's a massive shift away from our historical record and it's moving towards the future. I'd I'd probably more equate them to Liverpool than um than a Sunderland because they can get the finals, they just haven't won it yet. It's 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 close. We we we're close to something and I want to slightly disagree with Jacob's opinion on Gareth Southgate. I think managers should be proactive rather than reactive. I think when reactive is required, I think he does definitely need to be more reactive and change his game plan. But I like that he goes into games with game plans and it clearly works. Um, He's picking up good results. Um, And another really good thing, which I never thought would be broken in my lifetime, is Wayne Rooney's record getting beaten by Harry Kane. And I can see another three, four years of Harry Kane being England's named striker. I can't see him dying off, as in, I can't see his quality dipping. I think he's immortal, he's Harry Kane. How how old is he? He's like, is he 29, 28? He's not that old. Uh-huh. Most, most he strikers... Feels like... Go on, sorry. He feels like he's been playing for ages. He has playing. He has been playing for ages. Um, he has been playing for England since two thousand and fifteen, I think. He's yeah. twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine. He's been, yeah. He's been playing for England since two thousand fifteen. Most strikers for England last about five six years, and then they're out. I can't see his end running. His end coming. I think he'll retire with the national team, like his last. I'm not gonna put him. I'm not gonna put him on par with like Messi or anything like that or Ronaldo. But I think he will, until he is not physically fit or able to play the game anymore. England will name him yeah. as the name striker. We've had donkeys up front for for England before. Um, yeah, and it, and he's like, what's it called? Um, a, what's it called? A show horse. He he, he is the beacon of what we want most strikers to be like. So I think congratulations to Harry Kane for getting his goal scoring record for England. Um eighty two games, fifty five goals. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Um I also like that he's he's never really left Tottenham. He's his entire career, apart from loan spells, has been at Tottenham as well. He's a one club man. And I think that's that's a a rare trait in, in the modern game and Fair play to him. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the Ukraine game, I think, was a little bit bit more the other way. We didn't look like we were going to lose that at any point. Um, comfortable display. I think we, we held back on scoring more goals because of the opponent and what they're going through politically. Um, so, yeah, I just think it was a confident display. And I wanted to make this very bold, very neck-out approach <laughs> to this. I think England will go throughout this qualifying phase without a defeat. I don't think we'll win all 10 games, or all eight games. Is it 10? Yeah, 10 games. I don't think we'll lose any of those 10 games. I think we might pick up a draw against Italy or um, a random shock draw, but I don't think we'll lose any of our qualifying matches. So, yeah, bold claim. <laughs> we'll pop it back down the line. Do you want, do you want to go... I don't ask Brad first most times, so there you go. Brad, do you want to go? What, what was the question, sorry? Ukraine. What was the game like, and what, what do you think will happen at the end of the qualifying stages? I didn't watch Ukraine that much, to be honest. Um, I don't think I did. No, I didn't. Um, I was busy. I was at a party that night, but I didn't get to watch it. Oh, you were um, raving. <laughs> Someone did do a live watch along on my uh, video though, on my podcast, someone did a live watch along one of the guests. Yeah. Um, so, shall, shall I read out the match stats? Because I know you like the stats to go by. England shots 18, Ukraine 3. England shots on target 8 to 0. 58% possession, um, 592 passes, um, 9 fouls to their 12. One yellow card to Ukraine, one offside to their four, seven corners. Um, yeah, I, I just think that was just a very run-of-the-mill team versus the second one not exerting too much energy. Um, yeah, so <laughs> with, with those stats in mind, I'm presuming you've watched the highlights at least. Yeah. Go on, Jacob, go on. Yeah, but I felt like, do you not think we... We were more laid back against Ukraine, though. We were like more laid back against oh, yeah. Ukraine. Absolutely, and I've just realised it's eight games, not not ten, because it's um, we're we're in a group of five teams. So we've got Italy, North Macedonia, Ukraine, and Malta in our league. The only team I can see us dropping points against is Italy. So the top two qualify. I think this is pretty much just a. What do you call it? Like um, like trading matches. It's it's just warm up games, keeping these players fit. I think it's a testing pit, I guess, for Gareth Southgate as well to try some couple of tactics, but not give too much away about how we want to proceed in Euros. Um, yeah, Acacia's <laughs> back. Golding's here. Hello, how are you? I can say on England, I think um, uh, some of them are actually still waiting to hear uh, from the FA because we've actually put a bid in to actually host England at the same moment. Like, uh, again? Yeah, but we were, um, uh, we, we actually are shortlisted uh, to actually host them. Um, I feel, oh my god! I well, the know. Euros this year. Go the Euros to. is in Germany, isn't it? This year. Uh, yeah, it's Germany. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. This is this has brought back a memory, but I can't remember the year now. So England played Italy. There you go. Under twenty international. Um, Italy beat us 5-3 on the day. Uh, this is November 2002, so I was 12, and I watched that game with my granddad. This was like four months before he died. That's that's mental. It all comes from full circle. So <laughs> we, we have a potential another game for the World Cup coming up. Um, so how many times do you think England has played at the stadium alike? I remember watching them play Australia in a friendly. 
and Rashford scored his debut goal for England. So Rashford scored his very first goal for England at the stadium. Yeah, I looked at the Australian game. Not that it was um, Bailey Wright's um, first time at Sunderland. Was it? Yeah, he was actually in the Australian squad. Good eye, good I, eye. I have no idea, but I thought it was like he would have, wouldn't he be like seven then? No, no, this was no, <laughs> this, was, this was like eight years ago. It's not, it's not that long ago. So there's been England versus Belgium in a friendly in 1999. That was 2-1. The under-20s level was the 3-5 Italy game, which I went to uh, with my granddad. Uh, the Euro qualifying was against Turkey. We won that one 2-0. The 2000 under 21s, we won that against Slovakia 2 0. The Australia game, we won that 2 1. And the Austria game for the Women's World Cup, we won that one 1 0. So, apart from the 2002 experience, England have a really good record at the stadium, I like. So, I can understand why they'd want to keep it. Um, oh, oh, that the case is just um, give us a couple of updates in the Premier League, which is quite interesting. Everton have scored. Um, it's 1-1 Lucas Moura has been sent off for Tottenham so they're both down to 10 men and um, saying Sunderland 2 Amadiolo and Paddy Roberts against Hull and Regan Slater scoring for them Bailey hasn't even had a game at a time at Rotherham at this season oh that yeah that's really bizarre didn't we send him out on loan to Rotherham to, to get more game time and he's just <laughs> he's not even not even featured that's bizarre yeah if that's the case, you, if that's the case, you may as well come back. But what, would we would we start him? With the injury of uh, Dan Ballard, I can't see why not. Do you not think? Um, not Bath. Uh, Luke Nine. Um, who else is going? Who else is playing in, in defence for us? Gooch or Nine. Well, I was going to say Anderson, but... Uh, yeah, no, mate, no. <laughs> I, you, you, on that, I kind of get I kind of get the club's actually going to send him back out on loan now. Who? Tony Mowbray is going to send Joe Anderson out uh, on loan. Wow, okay. Again, if we're not playing the players, I do understand like getting him out to another club who desperately needs somebody in that position. It makes sense. As long as they're not well, in our well, league. Why can they get low hands? Why did we actually buy him from Everton if we're going to do that? It's a long-term plan with the player, isn't it? Um, I brought up a, a really fantastic example of a, um, a player who has a parent club and has then since returned and basically enjoyed a really fruitful career. Harry Kane went out on loan four seasons on the bounce. But his parent club, when he was ready, started him. If they're not ready, they might be a bit too young, a bit too immature, need a bit more game time, that kind of thing. So, well, Anderson was down. Uh, he travelled to Burnley with Tony Mowbray. He was actually on the bench. That's really bizarre. That, that, yeah, that's that's weird. It is weird. I don't I don't get why we're we're teasing him to start up and then, yeah, going, yeah, nah. <laughs> Leave it be, mate. Off your fuck. Uh, it makes very little sense. Um, uh, and there you go. Acacia says, the reason why is because Joe Anderson isn't really ready for first-team football. He only likes playing his under-21s games, which we did all right today. Did we win that game? He said we'll yeah, play. we won that game. He actually played as well. Who did we play? Because I, I, I don't really pay attention to the under 20s, threes, or anything uh, like that. Nottingham Forest, we, we played. Do you, do you think that's a really good sign? Because I know we've played a lot of Premier League youth teams this season, right? Is it the, is it the EPL2 that we're in this? Is that what it is? Uh, Sorry, Premier League two. Yeah, yeah, Premier League two. It's the the under twenty freeze level, right? Yeah. 
Where are we in that? I've got no idea about an easy search but, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> uh, Dennis Hogan featured. Uh, Anderson featured. Uh, Hogan's um, started, but he came straight off because uh, he, he's actually picked up a hamstring. Oh, uh, got you. Yeah, I'm just just looking at this table. It's Leeds, Forest, um, Southampton, Norwich, Newcastle, West Brom, Us, Borough, Villa, Stoke, and Derby. So it's teams, north 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 teams, I guess. Uh, we are currently sat in eighth, which is pretty poor, really. Um, Newcastle are below us, Stoke are below us, and Derby are below us. Uh, the fact that would be Nottingham Forest, though. That's pretty yeah, good. Them it's really good, actually, because they're obviously the Premier League, but they're the Premier League Academy, aren't they? Essentially, uh, da, 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 because he's always played for under twenty ones at Everton before we signed him, and he never got a chance at Everton's first team either. So, I'm gonna go off tangent and go away from Sunderland, go away from England for a minute, and talk about Everton because I think our our last. 15, 16 months, has always had some kind of tie-in with Everton. You've had Nathan Broadhead, you have had Ella Sims, and now uh, Joe Anderson. Why are we so reliant on on Everton? It's a broad question. Feel free to jump in. Any, any goes, why do you think we're so reliant on what Everton are doing? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> did, 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 have you any of you picked up on that trend? Again, I, I think it's actually since we got uh, Stuart Harvey, and you know, uh, Stuart Harvey's actually part of the recruitment team. But mm -hmm. do you not think he's got a uh, them? Well, that we don't know, but do you not think Stuart Harvey's got a connection with Everton? Potentially, mate. That's a good shout. That's a really good shout. But the thing is, Everton have struggled like Sunderland have over the last two, three seasons, right? The last season, they did a, a miraculous escape, very very much like we did when we had on a Wickham early 2010s. And now, why would we look at that struggling team for players and for people who can't even get into that, that struggling Premier League level when we're looking to build and grow. It, it, for me, that doesn't make sense. Why, why choose that talent pool? Big, uh -huh. big broad open question, but there you go. Um, that might be food for thought. We are coming up to about an hour, so um, I'll quickly run, run for you. So we'll go Paul, Brad, Jacob, if you want to say your final piece, what you're doing next, and um, we'll we'll wrap it up after that. And it's full time at Everton, by the way. Everton won, Tottenham won. Paul. Well, uh, Friday, I'm actually going to the game. Actually, <laughs> I'll keep an eye out on Sky for you, mate. If you if you wear a big curly wig or a, like a clown nose. Um, and hold a sign up saying this club is a joke sometimes you will definitely be on telly <laughs> nah I'll send the southwest corner on oh fair so I'll keep an eye on you for every time we go out for a corner <laughs> um, so you go into the game perfect Brett I'm not going to the game but um after when we're finished on your stream, I'm, I'm doing my stream about half past ten. Oh, perfect. So, There's a nice little channel for it. So <laughs> for those of you that are watching back on demand, check out RWE. I'll leave them in the comments section or the video description. I don't know what it's called in the description. So check out that channel. Um, if you've got the live stream link ready, mate, I'll pop that in there as well. So do, yeah. Perfect. Ping me, ping me that on Discord, and I'll send. I'll put it in the description after this video. Um, no worries. Perfect, Jacob. What are you doing yeah. next? What are you doing next? 
What's your final thoughts? Um, I'll probably be sharing it on social media, probably, again. You know, like, on my story. Yeah. Uh, but from that, no. I just hope we win, though, because I don't want to lose to fucking Hull City. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I, I will be doing the live stream on, on Friday so, for that whole game, so feel free to join in on the watch along if you want, um, Jacob, Brad. Um, you will be able, Yeah, no worries. I don't know if you'll be able to see it because it's on Sky and Now TV. I think there's a little bit of a restriction, but you can definitely hear it. Um, and yeah, we can we can chat about the game live then on the watch along. Um, I'm also summarising the last four weeks of games in the AFL Championship. The video is looking ridiculous. So the one I postponed a week ago is now looking like it's going to be about half an hour video. So <clears throat> wish me luck on editing that absolute beast of a thing. And um, <laughs> I'll do one for the Easter weekend. And yeah, catch you on the watch long. Um Acacia says, I'm at the game as well, so I'll probably spot me on Sky with Paul on Friday. Nice. Catch you then. Um, for everybody else listening on demand, thank you very much. Um, see you next time. Bye.